the AFLW Fantasy Podcast. Uh, back for our second episode of the Season 8 preseason, and today I'm joined by Will. How's it going? Very well, thank you, Mel. Excellent. How was your debut on the weekend? Uh, poor. We <laughs> lost by 160 points, so <sighs> let's not talk about that one. Yeah. Um, I was there to cheer you on until I saw the scoreboard, uh, and then I turned away and watched the other game. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> it was good. Um well, we're not here to talk about our own AFL success. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the Irish recruits. I- Irish recruits have become an increasingly important part of the AFLW. As we know, it started off with a couple of recruits here and there back in the early years, and we've got a record of, I think, 14 or so um, girls coming over from Ireland to join the AFLW ahead of Season 8. So because we've got so many unknowns um, with this huge influx of Irish recruits, what we thought we'd do is reach out to someone who knows a bit more than us about them, um, Michael Caran, who is uh, behind the AFLW Ireland Instagram page and a very important figure in uh, AFLW in Ireland. How did we get this interview, Will? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, reached out to, to Mike to essentially just get his wisdom on not just the new players, but basically Irish football in general, AFLW in general. Uh, and it was absolutely fantastic to have a chat with him. So go have a, a follow of the AFLW Island page, not just on Instagram, but on Facebook as well. They're really, really good at um, keeping everyone in the loop about all, everything Irish AFLW. Fantastic. So we're going to jump over to the interview now. His enthusiasm in what he's talking about is just so inspirational. I hope everyone listening has as much fun as Will and I did actually hosting this interview. Um, I will just say... Some of the audio is a little bit crap for the first 30 seconds or so, but stick with it because it's a really good interview (laughs) and it gets better. Okay, so today we have a very special guest all the way from Ireland. We've got Mike Curran, the AFLW Talent ID and Elite Coach. How are you? How's it going? Very good, Mel. Hi, Will. Delighted to be chatting to you guys. All good here. Very good. Fantastic. Uh, we were just chatting before about how Will and I were going to complain that it's cold in Melbourne, um, but alas, colder <laughs> in Ireland. <laughs> it definitely is colder in Ireland. It's always colder in Ireland. If you're ever in doubt, just think it's always colder somewhere else. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, okay. Well, to, to cut a very long story short, I guess um, I've been involved in AFL here in Ireland for about 23 years through all sorts in, in terms of, of, of establishing the sport here initially, playing myself, coaching, being part of the Irish national team and skip forward um, a lot of years to uh, 2017 where I started to focus exclusively on AFLW, obviously when the, the season kicked in there with, with the potential for some of our Irish girls to head over. And I suppose when um, in season one, we just had one Irish player, that was Laura Corrigan, who was already based in Melbourne at the time. And, uh, Season two, we had Cora Staunton, who was the first player probably to head over from Ireland uh, and kind of um, set the standard uh, as to how that all happens. And, and just from then on, um, across the last number of years, I've been involved principally with AFLW, working with the elite talented players here in Ireland 
and across a combination of two things, coaching them, I suppose, on the oval or on the pitches we say here um, when they're back in between seasons or on their off-season break, but uh, also helping the players get connected to the clubs and, and getting the Irish players over to the clubs. And that, as I'm sure we're about to touch on, has got exceptionally busy across <laughs> the, the last two two or three years, uh, particularly last year, we uh, we had five and I was involved in getting all those players over. But this year already, there's been 14 new Irish players. So crazy busy at the moment. But yeah, that's a, a very short version of 23 years in footy, but primarily focusing on AFLW and the, the professional and elite Irish AFLW players. Yeah, and, and while we will primarily talk about the AFLW here, I think uh, it needs to be said, you've got a very rich footballing story. You've, you've as you said, been a player, but you, you're also responsible for founding pretty much football in Ireland founded the the Dublin Demons uh I'm assuming in in honor of Jim Steins um so I guess they've got a very very good person to be leading them into the AFL given you've pretty much set it all up from scratch yourself yeah look at it's been a it's been a bit of an adventure right from when I started uni myself personally uh many years ago at this stage it's a bit (laughs) scary but you mentioned Jimmy Steins there I suppose on my own personal football journey, Jimmy Steins was the inspiration for the whole lot, like full stop. Uh, we had um, a highlight show back here in Ireland back in the, the late 80s, probably. Uh, just on a Saturday night, they did a half an hour of highlights of, of the AFL's competition. And that was around the time that, that Jim Steins was, was flying it or starting, starting to come into prominence uh, through the 90s, etc. And I just got hooked on this crazy sport that was on for 30 minutes every Saturday night. Absolutely loved it. And uh, when I went to university myself in Dublin, um, I actually just saw an ad literally on a, on a notice board. No such thing as, as the internet really back then. Uh, for, from an Aussie that was in Dublin, just wanted to have a kick. And we just went down and had a kick. And I loved it. And the following week, we had 10 guys. The following week, we had 30 guys. Then we started a club. Then we started a league. Then we had an Irish national team. We traveled to Australia for a couple of international cups, which were amazing experiences and tournaments. But yeah, all of that um, very exciting journey from being involved uh, initially, as you say, in, in probably uh, founding the sport to, to playing and enjoying it as a player, then to get involved in the management side and the coaching side with the men's team initially and now the women's team. But it all comes back to that, literally to what you just said there, in terms of Jim Steins and, and those Irish players that went over initially, the likes of Ty Kennelly that won a premiership mm, with Sydney Swans absolutely. and the other Irish players, Zach Tui and Mark O'Connor last year. Zach's been playing there a few years at this stage. So yeah, there's a strong connection between Ireland and the AFL in general, going back many years since the Irish experiment, as they've dubbed it, uh, started, <laughs> but it's, it's definitely in full flow now. Yeah, I'm very happy with the Irish experiment at uh, Geelong. I'm a Geelong supporter myself, so to see uh, Mark O'Connor and Zach Tui last season, I was very happy with that. Uh, excellent, I'm, I'm sure, and and even more exciting, Ocean Mullen looks like he's going to be a, a star there across the next few years as well, the newest Irish player there on the men's scene. Uh, so yeah, that's a good time to be a Cats fan. Absolutely. <laughs> so you mentioned that it's pretty busy now that we had five Irish players coming across last season and 14 this season. Like, what's your role involved in how you liaise with the clubs to match up a player with a club and get them locked in into Australia? Well, literally, it's it's everything and anything from the the, the very start from an in, initial conversation where I'll talk to a player here in Irish in Ireland um, that I feel is is appropriate and suitable and has something to offer. And in some cases, the clubs will have a specific requirement. They might say, "Look, we're looking for an X type of player," and and we'll go and try and find somebody to match that. But generally, it's a case of just finding players here in Ireland that I feel might be suitable to the game 
from being involved in it with such a long time and seeing all the Irish players across the last seven or eight years in AFLW. And then it's literally have that initial conversation with the players, see are they interested, if they are, start connecting up uh, with some clubs that are looking for that type of player, getting out onto the training ground and, and introducing the players to a Sharon, which is always exciting because it's it'll be the first time normally they've seen this odd-shaped ball and having a kick, getting some video of that, working on some highlights packages, getting some profile info together. So there's a, a whole lot of on the logistics side of, of getting all that information across to the, the relevant clubs. And then I suppose if it progresses from there that the clubs are interested in, in talking to the Irish players, we set up uh, initial introduction uh, meetings and then it moves on from there to, to development meetings. And hopefully, as uh, more often than not is the case, it transpires then to that you get the girls get offered a, a list spot and they accept and then it automatically changes to prepping the player to, to go over for their very exciting new career and AFLW adventure. So, yeah, every step along the way, basically, <laughs> and, and there's a lot involved. Fantastic. And I, I guess in that sense, would you be able to give us a bit more insight into the, the Gaelic football scene in Ireland and, and how different, I suppose, it is to the AFL and how they sort of go about that transition? Sure. Well, in, in, in terms of the Gaelic football here, uh, ladies football, uh, it's at a very exciting stage as well. There's been a lot of development and promotion and growth of the game across the last 10 years. So it's while it's been around a bit longer than AFLW, it's kind of on a similar trajectory in terms of uh, promotion and awareness and, and growth every year. So there's a really strong competition here. Um, the top level competition is played between counties. So there's 32 counties in Ireland. Every one of those has a, a county team. So that's like almost like a state representative team. And then um, every player also plays with their club, which is their community based or where they're from. So at that top level, there's kind of two main competitions. There's what's called a league and a championship. So the championship is the equivalent of a premiership, I guess. And one is played across the spring. It's literally just finished up this weekend. And the championship now starts across kind of um, May, June and July. So the primary difference is that it's totally amateur here in Ireland. Mm. The girls don't get anything. In some cases, not even um, expenses. So it's totally amateur. So that's really one of the things that people are astounded to hear a lot of the time when they see the Irish girls transitioning over to AFLW and how well they're doing, but they are training and playing and working and putting in the hours um, and putting in the gym work and the conditioning at a level that's effectively professional, but they're not getting any reward mm. for it. So that's primarily the main attraction for the Irish players and every one of them to a T that's gone over across the years. There's like over 40 at this stage now um, have all said the main attraction is to be able to, say they're a professional sports mm. person and focus completely on sport, training, recovery, preparation, all of that. In terms of transitioning across then, obviously what that does is it gives the Irish players an amazing athletic base. I suppose they're all mm. uh, operating at a very high elite level in terms of athletic ability. So extremely fit, extreme, extremely well conditioned, extremely fast. So the main thing then is just getting accustomed to the Sharon effectively, you know, some of the yeah. skills between both sports are try are quite transitional. So you've got a kick, you've got a, a catch, you've got a hand pass, you've got a goal. Um, the, the main difference is the tackle and the ball. Yeah. So it's literally just adopting and it can take a while. It's, it's definitely not a case of just getting off a plane over there and, and picking it up. We do spend a lot of months working with the players here before they head over. But um, the main thing then is just to, to get used to the, the footy, the tackle and the structures and the rules of the game. Well, you say that people just uh, don't just get off the plane and be really good at it. I understand that, that was the case with uh, Vicky Wall, though. She barely touched a Sharon and went straight into a very good side and was a very good player. So clearly, that as you say, they've got the natural ability and the athleticism to to really make it 
in this um, professional environment. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, Vicky is the exceptional case there. And that's <laughs> one of the contributing factors why it jumped from five last year to 14 this year was that Vicky and indeed the other four Irish players that went over last season all um, made such an instant impact, I mm. suppose, at, at the various clubs. You know, you had Vicky Wall and Eric Cochet at North Melbourne, mm. um, Orla Lally at, at, at Fremantle, Ongie McDonough at Hawthorne. And Blaine Macken, of course, the, the fairy tale yeah. story, winning a premiership in her first season. Yeah. But but yeah, v- Vicky was the extreme <laughs> example that now has every Irish player asking me, can we just go over the week before preseason? <laughs> and we're like, no, that's not the norm. That is the exception. But yeah, that literally was her story. You know, she played um, in the competitions we referred to earlier. She got right to the, the All-Ireland final, which is the grand final here in Ireland with her team Meath. And they won that for the second year in a row. So she literally was winning a grand final on Saturday and getting on a plane to fly to Melbourne on Tuesday or Wednesday. And Amazing. that was the, the week of the preseason game. So literally no preseason. Yeah, so it's a phenomenal story, but an amazing athlete. Uh, but yes, it just shows that the Irish players are capable of, of making that instant impact as well. So you mentioned that it's a great opportunity for them to be an elite sports person because um, Gaelic is amateur. Is it viewed kind of as an end goal, like something they're working towards? Or is it more like an opportunistic, like, let's go play footy in Australia for a few years and then bring some of those skills back to Gaelic? Like, is, is Australia the end point? So it's really interesting because this is kind of changing and evolving as the, as the seasons have gone on. So, like, if, if we go back to that first 2018 when Cora Stone was the first player to mm-hmm. actually physically get on a plane and head over from Ireland, nobody had any real awareness of what AFLW was or what it involved. So she was was the trailblazer there. So across that last seven years, basically what you have now is a situation where some players do see it as an end goal. You know, it's like they do everything they can here, but playing professional is the is the end goal. And to achieve that, the only feasible way to do that at the moment is to play AFLW. So it's it's definitely become an aspiration and a target for a lot of players and particularly which, what's really interesting is what we're seeing with some of the younger Irish girls we're working with as like at your 16, 17, 18 year olds, they're now far more regularly saying, I would love to play AFLW. So, so that awareness and just the, the success of the Irish players down through the years is kind of filtering through and spreading out. So, yeah, I think it's a combination of both. It's definitely something that's evolved across the last few years. It's definitely something that certain players want to do not everybody wants to do it as well that's that's the other important thing to highlight i suppose some some elite level players are quite happy to stay here and mm. and don't want to head to australia for various reasons be that personal or career or where they are in their uni studies or their professional career and yeah. exams and stuff like that so in some cases we work with irish players and it might be two or three seasons before they actually get to head out to melbourne so it's it, it's it's a journey of varying lengths for different people but yeah it's definitely something that professionalism to play at that level and to be able to be i suppose rewarded as a professional athlete is definitely something now that a lot of these girls are aspiring to and not i don't think anybody comes out with the view that they're just going to come out for a year and see how it mm. goes you know everybody <laughs> yeah. because it's such a big move and yeah, obviously a long way because, to go. <laughs> yeah a long way to go and the, the one thing you're seeing with all these irish players as well and it's it's one of the things that attracts them from all the clubs is they're like they're super competitive super determined so they're not going out there just to have a crack at australia for a year they're going out there to succeed um with a longer term view and in some cases like a, a number of the girls are out there five years plus at the moment which is incredible you know um so yeah we'll definitely see irish players out there for longer periods going forward you mentioned earlier that the ladies league of gaelic is kind of progressing at the same time as aflw is growing here in australia 
Is there a, a world in the near future where it does become professional and that it kind of flips and it becomes as big as AFLW is in Australia? In in short, I'd say no. In in terms of the professionalism, that's I suppose the GA and the ladies football organization as a sport here in Ireland is like over like 120, 30 years old. And the main core ethos of the whole thing is the amateurism. So it's definitely not going to change anytime soon, if ever. Like what you might see is the players being a little bit better rewarded in terms of having their expenses covered and and stuff Mm. like that. But even at that, at the moment, uh, the ladies game here is significantly behind the men's game even. So there's, Mm. while there's progress being made, there's still a a lot of progress to be made. But um, no, I think it'll definitely, uh, what makes it special here is, um, is the amateur side of it and that Mm. you play for your club and your county. You know, you have to play from the club where you're from, which is like your village or your town. And you have to play within the, the county that you live in. So you don't have, there's no such thing as trading, I suppose. So this is why yeah. it's very unusual for the Irish girls to trade and, and they can't grasp that concept and we don't see it <laughs> happening too often. And if they do move, they don't do it lightly. But um, it's it's part of what makes it special. So that growth at the moment is more in terms of like just promotion and, and awareness and participation, which is fantastic to see. And there's some great sponsors involved and, and um continually promoting the game and growing the audience but if you take that all ireland final day which is grand final day generally has in the region of like 50 50,000 55,000 people at crow park which is a a magnificent occasion you know yeah for sure i guess with that in mind how is the professional opportunities that is presented by the aflw affecting the ladies league because i know that for a lot of the men's players for example mark o'connor there's quite a lot of pushback from from Irish media and, and and a lot of people in the in the scene against you know saying oh we're losing a lot of our great talent to to Australia you know should be loyal to to your county things like that has that has there been a similar sort of pushback with the ladies or is it more as you say it's a bit further behind maybe it it means that it that it's more accepted what's the feeling yeah I wouldn't say there's a, like a pushback as such at the moment but. I guess 2023 might be the season where we find that out with, with 14 players heading over in mm. one go. It, it, that's quite a huge amount. But obviously, prior to the change in dates in season seven, there was a bit of a happy marriage where the Irish players could do six months in Oz, play the AFLW preseason and season, then come back to Ireland and play the championship, which is the main competition here. So they were able to do both if they so uh, desired. 2022 changed that slightly, obviously, with the change in dates and the two seasons in one year. It made it slightly more complicated. A lot of the girls opted to, to stay in Australia, partly due to the fact that it was just a, an incredibly straining year to play two seasons uh, in a row back to back. But th- the other side of it then is if you take the likes of the example of Vicky Wall, for example, who's gone to Melbourne, she's coming back and she's here now and she's going to play the championship here and head back out again on a shortened preseason. So is Blind Mac and Blind sister is going to head out with her to Melbourne. So a lot of the Irish players are being facilitated by the clubs, which is brilliant because the clubs are are obviously trying to do in as far as possible what's best for the players as well, because you got to have the players happy and the Irish girls will always have that loyalty to home and to their counties. So to answer the question, yeah, at the moment, a lot of the players are able to come back and play. They're obviously not able to commit full time to the games here at home, but they are able to come back in the main again it'll come down to individual player and individual club arrangements but they get back here they play the championship and then they head out again to odds whenever their involvement in that ends so it seems to work the, the other difference is i suppose you mentioned mark and the men's program there with, with the men's program when the irish boys go over they tend to be a lot younger so they might be mm. like 17 18 19 
and um, the Irish uh, women's players are a lot more established in many cases. They're like yeah. the star players on their team and stuff. So there's there's a few key differences. But uh, again, I'm not so sure if it's the difference between the men's and the women's sports here, but there is huge support for the women to go mm. over and to have that experience. And, you know, there's a lot of well wishes for them and people wishing them the best and delighted to see that they do get that opportunity as well. So that's important as well. Fantastic. On a more lighter and positive note, we've seen so many great Irish players star within our competition. You've mentioned Cora Staunton, who's been arguably one of the most important players for GWS across the life of the club. Olo Dwyer, who's playing a fantastic role in the Brisbane midfield. Uh, Sinead O'Connor down back as a premiership defender. It, it must be really exciting to see Irish girls not just thriving, but thriving in a, a variety of roles, just showing that they can play in pretty much anywhere on the park. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's it's really exciting to watch from here at home. And obviously, it's personally, it's great to see the, the girls doing well when they do go out there, because that's what we all want for them is, is for them to succeed. But yeah, as you say, like there's 32 Irish players now for, for season 2023. That's phenomenal. Up from 22 last year, all of these players are making massive contributions. Like they're not, nobody is being brought out from Ireland to fill a list spot. You know, mm-hmm. I think all the clubs are very clear on that. They want the players to come out to contribute. The players that are going out want to contribute. As I said earlier, they're so competitive. So yeah, it's amazing. You know, you see um, Blaine and Goldie picking up their premiership medal with Melbourne. You saw Orla Dwyer winning her medal with Brisbane Lions and becoming the first ever player to win um, an All-Australian award, which was phenomenal as well after just three yeah. or four seasons. You know, Yuvelis Constein winning two premierships at Adelaide Crows and playing in three grand finals. And then even if you spread it further, you know, you have the likes of Aileen Gilroy, absolutely mm. massive player for Hawthorne. So yeah, all of these girls are starring. You mentioned Cora, we, we can't pass that by, you know, absolute her backstory. She was a superstar before she ever got on the plane mm. to Sydney and she headed out there at 35 years old, yeah. which is phenomenal, you know. And lasted until like uh, 40, 41 or something. Yeah. Yeah, I know she says herself, she said on that plane, she says, what am I doing? Like, but to, to go and play um, all those seasons to get 50 games in round 10 last year, um, 55 goals, second in the all-time list, absolutely phenomenal player for GWS. Um, so yeah, as I said, all of these players are not only um, making the teams and, and getting games, but they're excelling and being amongst the best in the clubs. You know, Ash Mack at West Coast Eagles in the top two or three at the, the best and fairest at the Eagles every season. The, the list goes on, you know, all massive contributors. Something you mentioned earlier when you were talking about the recruiting is you think about what types of roles that the clubs are looking for and an Irish player that you can be matching them up with. I'm curious, like, what types of roles are the clubs coming to you for when they're looking for an Irish talent? Like, is this, I know we, you know, they play everywhere and they're all amazing, but is there something in particular, some, like, certain positions that they're looking for more for an Irish talent? Yeah, I think in some cases where there might be a very specific requirement, like, for example, somebody might be looking for a tallish forward, uh, and we saw Yvonne Bonner get drafted by Adelaide Crows there um, a couple of weeks ago after, after taking a couple of seasons out. Generally, it would be more along the lines of kind of like um, fast, tall players, but most of the Irish players tend to play off half back initially, and then they kind of make their way onto the wing or onto half forward. So generally, you're looking at players because they have that amazing endurance and ability to literally run up and down the oval all day and that speed and are kind of much more effective facing forward. Generally, we see a lot of the players kind of start in that halfback role progress onto the wing like Brian Mackin did last year at Melbourne you know started at a back pocket halfback and was playing in wing in the grand final uh, same with Ordo O'Dwyer probably would have started at wing forward and now is one of the best uh, wing players or half forward now is one of the best wing players in the competition by far so they tend to work more towards the the type of athlete that the Irish player is as opposed to 
specific requirements, I guess, is, is the best way to describe it. But generally, you, you can, all of those Irish players will generally bar like Cora, who's who's going to be a, like a, a specialist forward. Yeah. Vicky Wall, yeah. who's more of a specialist forward. Um, Amy Mack and heading over this year is going to be a specialist forward. Generally, you're going to look at them using that kind of pace and power coming off half back or off the wing, which is probably where most of them kind of cut their teeth in the game when they do get playing. Fantastic. So I guess now we would like to talk to you a bit about some of these recruits. So we're getting into the, the real juicy uh, meatier content here for the fantasy listeners. So what we might do now is we'll just go through some of the names, throw the matcher. And if you could just give us a quick summary, sort of what the, what position they're likely to play at the new club and what they bring to the list. Um, that'd be really fantastic. Sure. No problem. So the first player that uh, we're going to talk about is uh, Jennifer Dunn for Brisbane. She's a uh, 178 centimeters. So nice and tall. What's she going to bring to the Brisbane Lions? Yeah, look, Jennifer Dunn is one of the, the signings of the year, effectively. She plays with Dublin, which is one of the, the top teams here in Ireland. She's won three All-Irelands, which is the equivalent of, of three premierships. She's only 23, a tall-ish player, as you've just said, already established as kind of a leader in that team here in Dublin. So yeah, Jennifer is, is going to be brilliant for the Lions. Great personality as well, great person. I think um, she potentially will fulfill that half-back role, but, but even with the ability to transition into like a, a central position, even centre half-back, something like that, um, possibly even fullback. But I would see her possibly starting as a, a defender initially. But yeah, really exciting um, signing for the Lions. And one of the, the biggest names to be signed this season is Jennifer. So i um, excited to see what she does up in um, Brisbane for sure. Yeah, nice. Um, we saw Carlton pick up two players. My pronunciation of anyone's name is terrible, <laughs> let alone Irish names. So I'm going to give it a crack. Uh, Tyrone. Yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit nervous about that one. And Dana Finn, who's come across as from basketball, is that correct? Yeah, so this is a really exciting duo here. Um, Carlton haven't had an Irish player for a while. They had Joanne Doonan back in 2020. They haven't had an Irish mm-hmm. for a while now. They've got two incoming for 2023 and two different players. Yeah, Iron is um, a really fast, exciting electric forward. So she'd probably definitely play, I'd imagine, in the forwards, maybe like a half forward or, or corner pocket, uh, but really good to get scores, real injection of pace and speed. So a really exciting player to watch as well. Um, so she's going to be exciting with a Sharon in hand. And Dana Fenn then, Dana is like a multi-sport star, recently focusing on basketball. Like she's an international basketball player with Ireland uh, currently, and she, but she's also played um, Gaelic football previously with Mayo, which would be the, the same team as um, Sarah Rowe, Cora Staunton, mm. Grace and Eve Kelly, Aileen Gilroy. A lot of players have come from Mayo. So um, yes, contrasting players, but really exciting to see both of those um, in action for the Blues. So you'll get probably your own... Uh, fast and pacey, terrorizing defenses up forward. <laughs> and uh, Dane is probably a, a taller player, again, likely to be around that half-back line or in, in the midfield somewhere as well. Very good. So I'll uh, talk to, to my club, the Geelong players. So we've got uh, Anna Rose Kennedy and Ash Maloney. Yes. So obviously joining Rachel Kearns, who we all know what, what Rachel can do. She's like became yeah. a, a tackling machine in her she first is, three she weeks. Is, she has always been one of our absolute favorites here. We, Jono, who was one of our previous co-hosts, he uh, had a, in his fantasy team for the entire season in the first year that it happened. Absolute Absolutely favorite of us. <laughs> yeah. No, she looked, she really um, hit the ground running and became a, an excitement machine in her first few games there. Obviously had a horrendous injury last year. So great to mm. see her back, for, back in action from that and back playing as well. But yeah, Rachel has two more Irish players coming over now. So this is a massive for the Cats. So um, Ashling Maloney is probably, without question, one of the best Gaelic footballers in, in Ireland across the last eight or 10 years or so. 
she's also incidentally just come back from injury. So she had a, a cruciate and she's just come mm-hmm. back playing this year. And after two years away from competitive action, I went to see her a few of her games myself there. She's absolutely flying it. So um, Ashling is like a tall, athletic forward type player. So I think she's definitely going to become a, a, key, a key position forward. I think we'll see her up front and on center half forward, uh, possibly even in the full forward line. Really exciting, great hands, big kick, really athletic and moves really well for a tall player. So, and Anna Rose Kennedy is her teammate from uh, Tipperary. So Anna Rose, again, is a, a midfielder, is her traditional position here in Ireland. That means um, we, we normally have two midfielders in the ladies game here. So they're generally the players that do the most running, cover the most ground and transition between backs and forwards. They're back defending, they're up attacking. So they're kind of leading that transition, which works very well with AFLW. So yeah, Anna Rose is a really exciting young player as well. She's just had... Uh, Great success here in Ireland this year. She was captain of the DCU team, which is her university, and they just won the O'Connor Cup, which is the main third-level universities competition here in Ireland as well. So also exciting that Anna Rose and Ashling are teammates here in Ireland. So that's always exciting for me and for the Irish fans when a couple of players that know each other well end up on the same team over there because you, you tend to see that transitioning into those players linking up at various stages across games and stuff and doing stuff a little bit unpredictable that everyone else is probably going what are those two (laughs) in their own language Uh, well that's the other side of it yeah you um three Irish players now nobody's going to know what's going on in too long but um but yeah really exciting to to see the three Irish players so that's a a massive signing to get Anna Rose and Ashling uh, along to Geelong for this season well speaking of matching them up uh, Amy coming over to join her sister, was that done deliberately to be in the same team or did it just happen to fall that way? Pretty much was. So like Amy Macken, uh, we mentioned Ashley Maloney being a massive star. Amy Macken is a huge star in, in Gaelic football. You know, she was the player of the year in 2020, uh, which is like the equivalent of the, the best and fairest award. Yeah. Um, wow. She also then had an injury and has come back. Uh, all these girls are showing great determination to come back from injury and stuff, but an absolutely brilliant natural forward, you know, amazing to watch probably one of the most natural forwards in the game. She played in the league final just at the weekend and scored three goals and three points, which is phenomenal for Armagh. So Amy's been around for a while, phenomenal player. As it turns out, Blaine is her younger sister and Blaine headed to Melbourne first. When we had a chat with her initially, she was super keen to, to give it a crack straight away and she ended up going out to, to Melbourne last season and had a dream season, you know, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. From breaking into the team to scoring goals at the G to winning a, a premiership medal in her first season with Goldies. So the fact that these sisters are now heading out to Melbourne is very exciting. And like there was huge interest in Amy from other clubs, but once Blaheen went to Melbourne and because they're so close personally and they play so well together, it was always likely that if Amy decided to go, she was going to go to Melbourne. And that's how it's transpired. She spent three weeks over there last season just for a bit of a holiday. So got got in around the club and got to see the setup and got to see Melbourne. So it was a lot more comfortable with it. So yeah, this is an exciting one to see the the Mackin sisters who are from an incredibly talented sporting family. You know, their two brothers play inter-county football here in Ireland at home as well. Their mom, Frida, was out at the grand final last year. I'm sure there'll be holidays planned and flights planned. Uh, but yeah, I think Amy is going to be exceptional in AFLW and she's one of the players that we're going to see playing in a more forward role, um, which is really exciting for Melbourne as well. So again, coming back to that linking up, you're potentially going to see Blind Mackin linking up from the wing with Amy Mackin inside and full forward. So <laughs> there's definitely going to be a few combo goals across the season, I predict. Oh, so exciting. Yeah. One player that I'm actually super interested in is Neve McLaughlin, who's 
been signed up at uh, the Gold Coast. She was uh, captain of Donegal, I believe. And I think she said that she's planning on going over for the season, then coming straight back for, for the Irish season. So what can you tell her about, tell us about her? Yeah, so Neve is a very exciting player as well. I was delighted to work with her and get her across to, to Queensland. So Neve uh, was the Irish player of the year last year in 2022. Nice. So phenomenal player. Um, really fast. Uh, if you look at her highlight reel, like she's slightly smaller, but she's super fast. She's got a great step. She's able to weave through uh, traffic. Very experienced player as well. She's the captain of Donegal here. She still is actually, and she's going to head out to um, Gold Coast after the ladies' football season finishes here. Again, I think yeah, it's it's possibility that she'll come back and play next season here at home before heading out again. But yeah, she's going to be exciting. You know, she's going to bring that level of experience as well, a leadership, um, helping grow the culture at the Suns. And she's kind of opted for a challenge where she's excited about going into a team that's that's growing and improving and, and hoping to try and move those the Suns further up the ladder and stuff like that. So, of course, we had no Gold Coast Suns prior to this season. Then we had Neve sign, but we've also had Clara Fitzpatrick trade over from St. Kilda. And then we've um, seen the Suns pick up another Irish player, Cara McCrossan, in the draft. So yes. from zero to three Irish players, but um, Neve is, is certainly going to be the most exciting of those Irish players. And uh, again, looking forward to that, that speed and agility. You know, she this girl can turn on a dime. She's going to be really exciting, possibly playing somewhere, uh, ending up, maybe not starting, but ending up somewhere around the, the midfield or, or around the action because um, when she gets the ball in hand, it's very hard to to get 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 it off her or, or get her hands on her so she, she's going to be exciting to watch yeah i'm sure those irish players will love being up in the sun on uh, in queensland um which will be fantastic the next one is uh, another neve neve martin who's just been uh signed by north melbourne yeah so neve uh, again is from tipperary so she's from the same team as anna rose kennedy and ashley maloney and of course prior ashley mccarty or ash mack from west coast eagles so um, Neve was signed as a rookie by North Melbourne, where she joined up with Vicky Wall and Eric O'Shea. Again, a midfield player. So we might we might be starting to see a pattern. Plays midfield here at home for Tipperary alongside Anna Rose Kennedy. Again, is a very fast, pacey, athletic player who's able to, to break lines. So she's going to put um, kangaroos on the front foot and uh, attacking for definite. So Neve is one of the, I suppose, one of the newer players and not one of the bigger established names, but definitely a brilliant player and very exciting. And with the other two Irish players at Kangaroos, uh, they'll definitely help her settle in no problem. Yes. And the last three we've got all going to Sydney. Sydney's got the biggest influx of the, of the new Irish recruit. Paris McCarthy, Jennifer Higgins and Julia O'Sullivan. Yes, yeah, so this yeah. was really exciting. We've been working with Sydney for a while, so really exciting to get the the three girls all over at mm-hmm. the at the one time and for season twenty twenty three. There's um, there's kind of a contrast here amongst the group. So if we start with Jennifer Higgins, uh, Jennifer is a really established player here in Ireland. She's the first player to go to AFLW from her county, Roscommon. She's played over one hundred and fifty games for Roscommon, so uh, a really long and distinguished career here, despite only still being uh, twenty seven or eight. I, I think. Um, but she's really going over there and she's going to bring that leadership qualities to the Swans, which is a young group, obviously, only in their second season. So uh, I can see Jennifer kind of driving the, the culture and helping to build the culture and the standards around uh, training and stuff like that. And a really fantastic. lovely, per- fantastic person as well. Yeah. She's a teacher by trade. So really exciting for Jennifer. And then with Jennifer, she's got, we call them the two young guns from, <laughs> from County Kerry. You know, Paris McCarthy just turned 19. Uh, Julia Sullivan is just a year or two older. Um, both very young, exciting players. Paris has been on a scholarship for basketball uh, in the mm, United States yes. at, at East Tennessee. So 
she went straight from school here in Ireland to a Division One scholarship, and she had, I think, nine offers for a scholarship. So uh, she could have gone anywhere. So an absolutely wow. phenomenal athlete, you know, multi-talented across basketball and Gaelic football. Um, she played for Kerry last year for the first year and featured in the All-Ireland final here uh, last August before heading back to the States for basketball. So, yeah, really exciting young prospect. She's got that X factor. I'm sure we're going to see plenty of, of Paris out representing the Swans. And Julia Sullivan as well, another young player, just played a season with Kerry. Normally, um, Ju- Julia's normally a defender, so I, I expect we'll see her in a defensive role, possibly like a back pocket or, again, a halfback flank. Uh, Jennifer Higgins is a midfielder, so I would imagine that she will be in a role that will link forwards to backs or transitioning from attack to or defense to attack. So again, possibly off the halfback line or, in, or on the wing. And Paris is possibly maybe going to be a high forward, uh, like a half forward or a corner forward, because she's got that um, X factor in terms of just that ability to get scores and stuff. But yeah, really exciting. We had a session with the three girls last week. It was the first time they had a kick together. I got them out in the, the pitch here in Ireland and the vibes were electric. It was the first time they'd met up, <laughs> even though everyone thinks everyone knows everybody here in Ireland. They obviously were they were aware of each other, but it's the first time they physically met up and the session was brilliant. You know, we did two hours and the girls were just absolutely clicked on and off the pitch. So we we'll, um, can't wait to see the energy that they bring to the Swans group with a very exciting season ahead for the Swans, I suppose. Uh, they were kind of chasing their tail last year with everything happening so fast. So this, I suppose, effectively is their is their first real season. So it, it'll be exciting to see how the three Irish Swannies go there. But yeah, that, that's the biggest influx to one club for the coming season is the three Irish Sydney Swans. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. And all, all of these players are going to be such exciting players to watch, uh, not just uh, for our fantasy teams, but just in general. We love watching the Irish players. I also just quickly wanted to say I love the bringing in the Gaelic parlance there with a corner forward. Oh, sorry. That was very good. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I flick between one and the other. But look, it's even for the Irish players, that's one of the things that that they mention when they get over there is is trying to understand the terminology and stuff like, you know, the boundary, what's the boundary, what's the pocket. All this stuff is part of the the learning curve um, when you're transitioning from one sport to the other. So that's all part of the fun and games. Yeah, nice. I love watching your enthusiasm for talking to all these Irish players. Obviously, you're so passionate about them. Um, which is just getting us both so excited for our AFLW season to start um, and to be able to go watch them. I'm just wondering, is there any final comments or anything in particular we should be watching for? Any other players we should keep an eye out on? Yeah, if you, just quickly, if you could name one of these players who you reckon is going to make the biggest impact straight away, who do you reckon it will be? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Well, in terms of the the Irish players there, it's definitely worth mentioning Anya Tai up at Fremantle Dockers. Mm. Absolutely phenomenal player. Yeah, big fan. Love I'm Anya. A supporter. I love watching her play. <laughs> yes, and, and she's had such an incredible journey, you know, from, from getting signed initially to then missing two seasons in a row for two concurrent um, ACL injuries to fight back and come through that. And she had an absolutely phenomenal year last year. The, the one that comes to mind for me is, I think it was round 10 where she kicked four goals. And um, that's still one of the highlight videos of the year. So a phenomenal person on and off the pitch, but a huge player for, for Frio. So I definitely think Oing is going to have a massive impact uh, this season. And of course, she has three Irish players alongside her this year as well. So Orla Lally's heading back from Meath. We have Amy Mulholland, who was drafted last year. And they've also picked up a fourth player, Joanne Craig, in the draft, who's just relocated out to Perth last year as well. So there potentially could be four Irish players running around in purple, which is very exciting. But yeah, in terms of the 14 new Irish players for this year, who's going to make the biggest impact? Oh, this is, it's going to be impossible to pick one out, but <laughs> I'm going to say 
um, Ashton Maloney, Amy Mack, and <laughs> that's what <laughs> I know, hear. They're definitely going to be uh, excitement machines from day one. But again, you know, you've got Jennifer Dunn from Dublin, Neve McLaughlin, Paris McCarthy. You let, look at there's something to look forward to in all of these Irish players. But yeah, if if you were to pick a couple of the newbies to watch to make an impact, let's go with Ashling Maloney and Amy Mackin. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No, absolute pleasure. Uh, delighted to chat about it and uh, looking forward to season 2023. Can it start already now? <laughs> now that all the now, now that all the lists are finalised, we're getting impatient. But look, it's exciting even here at home now. We've got the first of the. We mentioned the Swans girls, Paris and Julia, are heading to Sydney in the next few days. So that's the first of this year's batch actually flying to Oz. A few more girls are going across the next few weeks in May after the start of preseason. And then a few of the girls will head out as their teams exit the championship here at home. It's a few months away, but the buildup is is in full flow here. And there'll be great excitement as soon as the girls start getting on the planes and heading over. And um, we look forward to, to watching season 2023 and trying to keep tracks on all these 32 Irish players <laughs> the social media is going to be crazy was a, a good problem awesome well thank you brilliant thank you so much thanks so much fantastic interview there it was so great to talk to mike about all of the irish talent that's coming into our game he's so knowledgeable so passionate what a great time that was mel oh absolutely that was just such high energy can't get better than that so we talked a lot about that in terms of the players in general, getting to know who they are and, and what they might do in the coming season. So now let's tr- sort of try and work it back into the fantasy side of things. We did try to sneak it in a little bit at the end there with our <laughs> listing every single player. But in terms of the fantasy side of things, we're going to start with a bit more of a broad approach. Mel, which club do you reckon is going to benefit the most from their Irish recruits? I've got to say Carlton. So they've only got two, so not as many as some of the other teams. But when you look at Aaron Fitzpatrick and Dana Finn, I think that it's putting something that we mentioned in our earlier episode kind of a bit more up in the air, which is the Harriet Cordner opportunity to be taking some of the extra points. But also we know that Carlton have had a couple of big losses in the in the trade periods with McAvoy and Walker both out. When you've got someone coming in like Dana Finn, who's tall halfback, um, has lots of experience, they have the potential to be taking away some of those um, defensive Carlton points. And if we don't think that Carlton are going to be super elite team uh, this coming season, then the backline points are going to be what really matter. So she could be slotting back straight back in there and actually getting fantasy relevant points in her very first season. Yeah, absolutely. And 176 centimetres, that's genuine height into that backline. A very interesting uh, watch on Dana Finn there. I mean, she doesn't quite have the size that you, you we had in like a McAvoy back there because she does seem to be built differently. But I think that she could be definitely slotting into that role that the Carlton are missing and getting game time round one onwards. Mm. And I think with Erin Fitzpatrick, I think that also is someone who they can just put into that forward mix. Um, Carlton probably need more scoring avenues and a bit of zip in their front half, so definitely someone who will come into contention as well. Mm. So what about you? Which team do you reckon has the biggest exciting impact here? Yeah, for me, I've gone for Sydney simply because we know that there's positions up for grabs at Sydney. They've still got a very young team. And despite the fact that they have recruited a few more experienced bodies, uh, such as Chloe Malloy, I do think that at least one or two of the Sydney Irish recruits should be getting game time early. Uh, The ones that do interest me, actually, are the two more experienced ones in Jennifer Higgins and Julie O'Sullivan, playing sort of wing halfback. And in O'Sullivan's case more as a, a back pocket. Mm. O'Sullivan's an experienced athlete. She's 31. 
And the reason I've gone a bit more interest in Julio Sullivan is due to the unfortunate ACL injury to co-captain Matty Collier, mm. which means there's now a backline spot up for grabs. So they may look to replace an experienced defender with another experienced defender, and that might be Julio Sullivan. I think uh, Paris McCarthy is probably one that I would tend to leave. She's a 19-year-old tall half-forward, probably a bit of a project player, one for the long term. Higgins, wing half-back, I think if she is named as a defender, maybe there's a bit of value there. As a midfielder, probably not. So I think O'Sullivan's probably the pick of the lot, but I think that all three of those players could have impact for Sydney in the upcoming season. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we've talked a bit about those teams that we think will do well, but we'll go a bit more in-depth now. Is there a particular player that you think I'm going to put them in my team round one, or at Mm. least I'm going to watch them round one with a lot of interest. I feel like when we build out our round one teams in these preseason episodes, our team always has like a hundred players. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's how this works. <laughs> oh, of course. So one of my hundred uh, going into round one, I don't know, man, Ashley Mackin. Uh, oh, sorry. Amy Mackin, Amy Mackin even. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I just all the Irish girls together and get Ashley Mackin? Um, no, Amy Mackin, forward for Melbourne. One of the two players that Mike said was the biggest potential guns. And the comment he was saying around how uh, having familiarity is a really big deal for these girls when they're coming over, new country, new sport, all of that. But to be joining a team with her sister and having um, come and watched her sister play a little bit in the last couple of seasons, I think I'm hoping that it kind of removes some of that barrier of uncertainty, newness and whatnot. I think she can just jump straight in and bring her amazing skills and work really closely with her sister uh, just to be an elite powerhouse. What do you reckon? Well, we've also noted down that uh, there's a forward line spot available for Melbourne with the retirement of one Daisy mm. Pierce. So there is a spot there. Big, big, big shoes to fill. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Arguably one of the game's most preeminent players. But there's a spot there. And given how well the Irish players settled in for them last year in a premiership year, I can see no reason why she couldn't step in and similarly be a very very good recruit they've also delisted uh, sabrina duffy so that's another potential forward option they haven't got to fill that spot so i think that that's actually a, a really interesting option and i'm gonna pull out my my tagline and say it's a, a watch and wait and see what happens in the preseason as yeah, with nice. all these players obviously of course but i think she's one that really really could be an interesting and a value pick because all of these players are going to come in at basement price so yeah Provided they're playing, it's going to be hard to go completely wrong. Hmm. It's just going to be a matter of picking the one that's right. Yeah, but I think that's why like, we're picking a couple of these Irish ones in the summary because they're not all going to do. I, I mean, it's rookie roulette all over again. Um, but as as you know, as a fellow left-footed forward that's known to kick bags, I think there's a lot of potential. <laughs> bags of one. <laughs> Singular bags. Singular, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's she's in my team, I say, with full confidence, knowing that there's no space. Um, what about you? Uh, I'm going to be selfish, and I'm going to pick a Geelong player, mm-hmm. as I often do. Uh, and I'm going to go for someone who, who Mike did really say was going to be a really, really good player, and that's Ash Maloney. Now, in terms of positioning, you sort of described her as sort of a, a key forward or a high half forward which Liam has rightly pointed out, may limit some upside because being a key forward as an inexperienced player is a very difficult role to play. Hmm. But I think that the 
the fact that she is a, a very naturally talented player from her Gaelic days means that we could have an, another Vicky Wall on our hands here. <laughs> I think one of the other advantages for Maloney is that the key forward roles at Geelong are probably a bit flexible in that two of their key forwards are Kate Darby and Shelley Scott, who are 32 and 35 respectively. So with the exception of Jackie Parry, who's 26, there is probably going to need to be a bit of handing over at some stage at Geelong. Uh, possibly this year, possibly not. So she's a player that I think could make an instant impact this year, but if not, could be one of those ones that we look at next year and say she's well underpriced, going to have a breakout year. But I'm just super excited yeah. for her, regardless of how her fantasy goes, because I think she could be an absolute superstar. I was going to say, this uh, This answer is very much like Geelong are going to do well this season. She's good <laughs> in the forward that, line. That's essentially my answer to every question regarding <laughs> football is if it's got yeah. something to do with Geelong, I'm either super optimistic or super pessimistic, and in this case, super optimistic. Because, yeah. like, yeah, it's not a super fantasy-relevant role. She is somewhat new to it. There are other people there. But if she is playing less of the key forward and more of the centre-half forward, which even um, – Having read some of the AFLW articles uh, on these Irish players, they did mention that she's likely to spend some more time higher up the field. So that is making me hopeful that it'll be more of a kind of a centre-half forward type role with high potential for fantasy scoring. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that Mike really drilled home is that these Irish girls are coming over as really, really good athletes. They're Mm. super fit, really great running capacity, and that can only be a good thing coming into a game like this because it means that they're not hopefully going to get lost to the play they're at least going to be able to get to the ball. Maybe their skills mightn't be as good. Maybe their game awareness mightn't be as good yet because they're still new to it. But they can run. Then they can run. They can get to the ball. They're not going to be left behind in that sense. So I think that once these sorts of players do pick up the game, we saw it with Vicky Wall. She basically came off the plane and was a superstar <laughs> to begin with. If Ash Maloney's half as good as what Vicky Wall was last year, I think Geelong's got an absolute bargain. And I'm I'm bullish on Geelong's chances of being a better team this year. They've got all the right pieces in place. They just need more goal-scoring ability, and that could be something that Ash Maloney brings. It could even be one of those cases where Ash Maloney actually brings other players into fantasy relevance. A player Mm -hmm. that's always flirted around fantasy relevance is Chloe Shear. Maybe having an extra option up forward in Ash Maloney may result in more points for her because she gets less attention. So... That's another thing to consider is the fantasy impact on some of the other players. But as I said, I'm just super excited for whatever she can do out on the park in Season 8. Oh, gosh, yes. And so Liam couldn't be with us here for the analysis part, but something he wanted to throw up, throw up, throw in to discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Was we're going into Season 2, I guess the second season, for some of the amazing Irish recruits that came over last year. So we've mentioned Vicky Wall quite a bit and we'd love to have her on uh, for an interview. So we'll try and figure something out there. But um, we're seeing like an Erica O'Shea as well coming into her second season. How do we think some of the Irish recruits from last year are going to pan out this season? And um, given that the ones that did shine are now going to come in with a fantasy-relevant score. Um, is there anyone from last season you're particularly excited to break out or watch? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about her a lot, but Vicky Wall is a player that I'm seriously considering as an underpriced player. I mean, to come into the game, having literally played a half a practice game and average, I think, around, around that 40 mark, I think she could genuinely be a really good forward option in the fantasy game. 
especially mm. as she gets to know the game better, spends a, a bit more of more time with her teammates. I know she's over in Ireland at the moment playing Gaelic footy, but it's just getting that experience on the park, and that's something you can only get by playing the game, which will obviously happen in season, which means that she could be someone who goes from strength to strength and becomes not necessarily a must-have forward, but could be a real bargain player. Yeah, and if she's someone you put in in your starting side and has, even though she's not coming in basement anymore because of her great season before, but if she has that 10-point increase in her and you bring her in in round one, she could be an amazing one to just ride the wave of, of cash gen, um, but also to watch. <laughs> like, yeah. Really looking forward to watching her. Yeah, and she, she was able to score pretty consistently around that 40-50 mark with a few lower games in there, of course. But mm. I think if she can iron out some of those lower games and, start hitting some more ceiling scores. She had a high score of uh, 67. If she can start hitting that 50-60 mark, that's very, very viable as a probably a, your, what, an F3, I reckon. Ooh. So, <laughs> yeah. We've talked a bit about it, and Liam is pretty hot on this. It's going to be a lot of strange mid-price madness. The strategy is going to be a bit weird this year. She yeah. might be one that we could really say will be a mid-price player that could go... 10 to 15 points ahead of what she's priced at. To me, Vicky Wall's the main one. Erica O'Shea doesn't play the most friendly fantasy role as a halfback. Is probably the other one that a lot of people picked last year. To me, Vicky Wall's the, the obvious one, and we, we, we can't stop talking about her in this episode because she truly was an incredible find for North Melbourne last season. The, the story's just fantastic. Not, not going to say that again. Yeah, so we hope that everyone listening is as excited about the Irish recruits as we are. Um, and, of course, Mike Caran, thank you again for your amazing time with the interview. If any of our listeners would like to find out more about the AFLW and all the awesome stuff they're doing over there, please go have a look at them on Instagram and Facebook and we'll be sharing more stuff on our socials uh, in partnership with them as this episode comes out. Just look for uh, AFLW underscore Island on those platforms. Fantastic page, gives you all the updates absolutely worth the follow to get all that news it's fantastic stuff yeah and in a season where there's not going to be that many rookies necessarily coming in and you know 11 of them are irish it's definitely (laughs) a very valuable resource absolutely and and it's been a fantastic resource for us as well as we've said as you can hear from that interview the the wealth of knowledge that they have been able to give us so um as always i'm on insta and twitter as hi mel d and i am on insta and twitter at uh, what am I? Oh, since the rebrand. <laughs> at Will H underscore VI. Cool. Our next episode will be on a bit more of a draft review, and we'll chat to you all then. See you then. Bye.